Well, good morning again. I'm Jeff. I'm one of the pastors. Uh, we're going to come to the Word this morning. We're going to do something kind of fun today. We thought, well, look at if uh, with arms, with Ben's arms crossed about the fact that this is how we're going to have to live life. Um, it was kind of fun that we did a couple series last year. We had some Q&A at the end and we just opened it up for conversation and questions. So we're going to do that at the end of our time together today. So uh, as we walk through this text uh, from our reading, summer and scriptures reading plan, if you've got a question, jot it down uh, in your, on your notes. And uh, then later we're going to teach you how to use the raise hand function and uh, call on you. Um, and, uh, and unmute you, and we'll do a little bit of Q&A for the time that we've got remaining. How does that sound? Does that sound like a plan? And so we also will, um, uh, we're gonna be in the scriptures, and so hopefully you went and got your Bible, because we're not, we're gonna go through the whole text in our reading today, and it's just hard to keep it on the screen and to track there. So uh, hopefully you've got your scriptures in front of you, because we're in First Peter chapter four, the second half of chapter four. This is the penultimate, how about that word? Uh, sermon in the series before we go into our, our new sermon series coming up on the 30th called Refresh, which Ben alluded to. We're going to have to refresh the way that we do life. And uh, so um, we're going to jump into it full force. But um, but we're in this, the, almost the last section of First Peter. If you've been reading along with this, it's just a couple verses a day, but uh, we've got this section again about suffering. And this text is teaching us some truths again about suffering. If you remember, Peter's audience are folks up in, 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 uh, in that part of Asia that... Um, Asia Minor, that they were struggling because they were surrounded. They were believers in Jesus who were surrounded by people who were not. And so some of them were being persecuted for their faith. Some were being insulted for their faith. Some of them were being dismissed for their faith. Others were just finding it very difficult to maintain a lifestyle of holiness and godliness and following Jesus amidst a culture that nobody else was doing that. And so that's uh, what the, uh, his audience is about. But he talks about this as a suffering throughout this, um, this text. So turn with me to verse 12. And I'm just going to run through some of these. Um, uh, the, there's, the, there's the passage, just the first couple verses for you, but uh, you're going to want to turn to it in your Bible. First Peter 4, starting in, in verse 12, so that you know where it is. And I'm just going to blaze through in a few minutes some truths that this past, passage teaches us about suffering. And um, we'll start with verse 12. Got it in front of you? Go like this if you got your text in front of you and you're ready to go. Okay, good. Dear friends, it says, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Isn't that an interesting beginning to begin with? I mean, he's like, look it. Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's come upon you. So clearly some people were dealing with some serious sufferings and trials. Here's the first thing that, we're, that, that this text teaches just flat out there, that painful trials and sufferings are not abnormal. Like everyone on this call right now should be like, duh. You could give me a duh instead of an amen. Like, duh. Like that is totally how life seems to be these days, that these painful trials and these sufferings are not abnormal, that that's life in the fast lane, as they say. 
And Peter's telling them after all the things he's talked to them about in this, in this uh, book so far, he's talked about um, struggles. He's talked about persecution. He's talked about suffering. He's talked about pain. He's talked about how to live holy lives in all of this. And now as we're getting toward the end of the book, he's like, look at, don't be surprised because there's something in us that still kind of says, oh, this feels really abnormal. Like I'm always thinking that life is when it's smooth and easy and the waters are calm and we're sort of, sailing along and my blood pressure is not very high and, and everything is as it should be. Isn't it funny though, friends, that we never really ever get to that place. Like he goes, don't be surprised that these painful trials, these ordeals are coming upon you. That's sort of the way life is at this point in the, in the history of our world and of the church. And of course, Jesus talked about that. I mean, Jesus said, hey, don't be surprised when people hate you because of me. They, they hated me first, like to these believers that are trying to follow Christ. I mean, so just talking about those that are being persecuted for their faith, Jesus is like, yeah, no, that's how it works. Now, I know most of you are not being persecuted for your faith. Now, some of you are like, hey, hey, whoa, hang on. Don't bypass that because I totally am because I know some are. And so we're going to have to translate some of the stuff in this text for those of us that aren't being persecuted or insulted just for being a Christian. But in fact, these guys were, they're suffering persecution for being a Christian. Any unjust suffering this applies to as well. I think we could say, look, don't be surprised when unjust things happen to you. In fact, even all the way to thinking about something like a pandemic, just go, that doesn't seem fair, right? Like it's just, it's just out there in the world and it's take, ravaging people's lives and ravaging the economies and ravaging people's uh, uh, um, bank accounts. Like what in the world? So it's just any kind of unjust suffering, but, or also I think you can translate it to any trial, any difficulty, any time that you're not feeling like smooth sailing is happening. This, Peter says, look at, don't be surprised that that's going on. That's the nature of the world that we're living in right now. And he's gonna, and, and why, by the way, friends, why is that? Doesn't, don't you just wish it was like Eden? Don't you just wish that it was like your dreams or your memories or your nostalgia about those moments? When we think about happiness in life, we always think about the most peaceful moment that we ever went through. And then we have these long seasons of struggle or grief or persecution. The truth is we've talked about suffering so many times in the life of our church. We live in a broken and fallen world. That's one thing. We have an enemy. The enemy of our souls who wants to take us out of the game knows exactly how to bring the difficulties in our way that would potentially cause us to curse God and die as we read in the book of Job. And then we just, in addition to that, it could be that through the sovereignty of God, he's either allowing or even bringing some struggles, bringing some trials for us so that we could move and grow in him. Now, I know we don't love that one. We don't love thinking about that. We don't love thinking that this good God would want me to struggle, but that's the second thing that we're gonna learn from verse 12. That's the second truth we learn about suffering. Not only are painful trials and sufferings not abnormal, but secondly, our character and our spiritual depth is forged in difficulties. Most of you on this call know exactly that, that, that the truth that the scriptures teach that, that our character, our spiritual depth, it's formed. That's how we grow. If you've read the Bible one time through the Bible, and many of you have, you'll see that that theme is there over and over and over again, yet not one of us wants it to be true about us in our lives, right? 
You don't want that to be true about your life. You're like, I don't want that to be, I promise you, Jesus, I'll grow without the suffering. Bring me the smooth waters. And that's not what happens. We're in a fallen world, the enemy's after us. And also God allows or brings things so that we'll grow, so that we'll be forged. Look at the text that we're looking at in verse 12. Don't be surprised at the, what, is, what, the, what are the words in your translation? Maybe you've got different ones, but in the NIV, it says the fiery ordeal, which is a very good literal translation. Don't be surprised at the flames. Don't be surprised at the, the hot burning forging fire that comes your way in order to test you. And if you've read the other parts of the scriptures or even just your instinct might tell you, that sounds like how they test metal, right? How they purify metal. And I wish we had time this morning to go through all, if you have a, if you have a study Bible, like one of those big ones with color on every page, th- there's all these verses in the notes that will, you can read the other places that the scriptures talk about uh, silver and gold and metal being tested by fire. And that's what's happening here, that our character and our spiritual depth is being forged. And listen, it's not the fire of destruction, friends, but it is the fire of purification. It's the testing of metals. It's a refiner's fire where the value of the gold and the silver comes out and the dross and the impurities go away because of the testing. I mean, this sounds so good until it's your life, right? But this is great news. This is what God's doing in the middle of suffering is that our character is being forged. Our depth is being forged. And it says to test you in there. I mean, it's to test the metal. It's to, and it isn't just to be like, I hope he's going to do okay. Test is about, about uh, uh, confirming its strength. I mean, this is all over the scriptures. You know, James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, for you know that the, can you say it with me? Do you know it? The testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must continue its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. I wish we could get away from this teaching in scripture, but we can't, it's all over the place that we're going to be forged through these difficulties that we face, whether God's bringing them, whether God has allowed them, whether the enemy's intending them for evil, like the song that we just sang, or whether somebody unjustly puts them on us, God will be faithful to use them to grow us and not just grow us like, oh good, look, he's got a few more spiritual muscles but have us be beautiful and valuable and more what we were designed to be, the pure gold that is the people of God. I mean, you look in the, even in this book, look back with me in a couple of pages. I wanna see you flipping some pages there. Chapter one, uh, this was in there. It was one of the concepts that Peter talked about in chapter one. Look at verse one, I mean, chapter one, verse six and seven. Those few verses talk about this incredible hope that we have this inheritance. And then in verse six, it says of chapter one, in all this, you greatly rejoice. Yeah, because we're talking about heaven and glory and salvation. In this, you, in this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, you've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Do you remember when we read this back in chapter one and preached on it? Bob Hess, I know you did because you've been reading, you've been 100%. There you go. He's got his notes. Of now... For a little while, you'll have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Verse seven, these have come, look at it with me. In fact, if you're sitting there, read it out loud. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, will result in praise and honor and glory when Jesus is revealed. We're gonna be forged by this. We're, we're of greater worth than gold. Ultimately, 
Gold will be destroyed and will go away, but our character will result in praise and honor and glory. We'll be the people God created us to be. Flip back toward where we were, but look at the beginning of chapter four. Um, part of the passage that Courtney preached on last week, but just look at the beginning, the first couple verses of just the kind of the lead in almost to the text that we're looking at. Chapter four, verse one. Therefore, since Christ, you got it, you with me? Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with this same attitude because whoever suffers in his body is what? Done with sin. Are you kidding me? You hear the correlation? We're like, man, I want the easy way. Do you? Because whoever suffers, whoever struggles, whoever's insulted, whoever's persecuted, or whoever just goes through rough times will be done with sin. That's God transforming us more and more into the likeness of his son. They'll be done with sin. Verse something, it's too small for me to see. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. This is, this is big talk. This is spiritual giant talk. You've spent enough time in the past doing what the pagans, meaning the, those, the unbelievers, chose to do living in debauchery, lust and drunkenness and orgies and carousing and detestable idolatry. They're surprised that you do not join with them in the reckless wild living and they heap abuse on you, but they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. And so will we. And so if we respond to this suffering as the text is gonna teach us, we're gonna be transformed like precious gold, precious silver into the people that God designed us to be. Man, I love that. And so listen, I know I'm not gonna get through any of the other stuff that I wanted to say to you today because I wanna move to any questions you have about the text in just a couple of minutes. But, but, but don't miss this. When you go down further in the text that we were just in, we were just in verse 12, as though God, you know, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's put there to test you as though something strange were happening to you. No, don't, don't do that. Later on in verse 17, it says, for it's time for judgment to begin with the household of God. Do you see it? It's time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And he goes on to make a comparison or a contrast between the people of God who are gonna go through suffering and the people who do not know Jesus who are gonna go through suffering. He goes, there's a giant contrast between the two, but he goes, and it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard, but it's time for judgment to begin with the household of God. You're like, what, what? Judgment, what about Jesus? What about forgiveness? What about grace? What about, yeah, you know what? The judgment Again, it's not a destructive judgment. It's what did I say earlier? It's a purifying judgment. It's time for the church to get purified, to be all that it was designed to be. Come on now, church, somebody give me a raised hand in glory. The, it's time, he goes, it's time. Now post Jesus, waiting for the return of the kingdom in its fullness, it's time for the church to be purified because one day all things will be restored and all impurities will be cast away from the new creation. All sin will be gone, right? All of that will be gone. But now is the time for us to be the first fruits of that new creation and be purified and all our impurities taken away and all our sin being removed from the way we live. Come on. The tr truth about suffering is don't be surprised. It's normal and it's there because it's going to grow us. It's gonna forge in us our character and our spirituality. And you go on verse 13, but rejoice in so much. And you know, don't, don't be surprised, verse 13, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Just read with me these couple of verses so that you may also be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. 
If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of a criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer, do not be, as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name for it's time for judgment to begin with us. It's time for us to get pure. So it goes on. Here's a couple. Let me just run through these. We'll just even flip the, the slides in front of you. That these truths about suffering. So if we share in the sufferings of Jesus, which is persecution or unjust treatment, we'll also share in his glory. Here's the thing. You may not die for your faith, but you certainly will be called to lay down your life for the world. You get it? That's participating in the sufferings of Christ, laying down your life in love for the world. And as we do that, we will be able to receive some of God's glory. We'll receive, when his glory comes, we'll be overjoyed. We're gonna share in that glory. Hey, we don't talk about reward very much, do we? We don't talk about glory very much. But the truth is when you lay down your life and share in the sufferings of Christ, he died for you. So you die to yourself and live for him. And therefore for the whole world, when you lay down your life, you'll receive glory. You'll receive reward. Great is your reward in heaven. Jesus said it in the Sermon of the Mount. He goes, listen, when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, rejoice and be glad. You know what it says then? For great, what? Is your reward in heaven. I mean, we're living lives here in practice for that eternity when his kingdom will come and the new heaven and the new earth will be one and we'll live under the Lordship of Christ and we'll receive reward for having been servants of the King. Come on now. That suffering is a part of bringing us all there. And then you see the Holy Spirit. Oh, by the way, did anybody have a question about meddler? Okay, when we get to the Q&A time in just one minute, I'm gonna ask, somebody's gonna ask me a question about meddler. I'm gonna leave it right now. But if you look at verse 15, he also says as part of this thing that you're gonna receive the Holy Spirit. Do you see it? If you suffer, it should not be, oh, that's a meddler, 16. 14, 14. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. The Holy Spirit rests on us at all times and it's glorious. I wanna remind you of that because in suffering, we feel like God is far away. When we're struggling, we feel where in the world is God? But if you have said yes to the gift of life in Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells you and that's glory now. Yeah, there's gonna be reward when we'll share in his glory later, but we'll receive glory now. The spirit of glory is on you now. I've said, I said this in my first sermon I preached on First Peter. I'll say it again to you. Church, you have everything you need to live a life worthy of Christ and full of joy and full of freedom and full of blessing, even in the midst of suffering and struggles. Now, last, the last thing that this text teaches, verse 19 says, so then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. See, putting our trust in our faithful God is the best way forward. I mean, what are the other options? The other options is, let me take my life into my own hands. This is hard. I'm gonna go figure it out. Man, trust in God, where'd that get me? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go forward and figure it out on my own. You know how many testimonies are in the 228 screens or 30 screens that we've got here of people who said, let me talk, tell you about how that worked for me to go and take my life into my own hands. He's the author of life. 
and he's the faithful creator. And so to continue to do good, meaning to live righteously, to meaning to lay down our lives and share in the sufferings of Christ, he'll take care of us. It's the way forward. All right. So listen, you guys, uh, great job. I, we're going to keep doing some Q&A from time to time. So I'm wanting you to get in that habit and uh, so that we can kind of interact with one another because here's the deal. We're going to stay engaged. We're going to stay engaged as we do church friends. Now I know there's a whole bunch of stuff in our sermon that uh, the text that didn't get answered. There's a whole bunch of weight, weighty things. I probably said stuff that made more people confused than clear, but we're wanting you to engage in the word of God yourself. But as I come back to this text, as we transition, we're going to have a, a worship song and then some final things before we let you go. That idea of putting our trust in our faithful God being the best way forward. If you look at that verse again, verse 19, it says, those who suffer according to God's will should, what's the word? Do you see it? Commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. That word commit themselves that word commit is about someone, it's, it, it was used this way. Someone who would go on a long journey would take their life savings, right? They didn't have a bank and they would go to someone who was faithful, a friend, a neighbor who they could trust. And they'd go, here's my whole life. I have to go away. Can I commit this to you and trust that my life will be preserved and I'm going to go on my journey? Doesn't that preach? The text says in all the suffering we're going to go through, whether it's persecution, whether it's unjust suffering, whether it's just trials, sickness, health, whatever it is, whatever we go through, we can commit our life to our faithful, powerful creator. This is the only place in the New Testament the word creator has been used. Isn't that crazy? To the all-powerful God who is faithful. Paul said in his letter to Timothy, he said, I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he's able to guard what I've entrusted to him for that day. So friends, commit your life to our faithful creator and continue to live for him no matter what we face. Because if we suffer with Christ, we certainly will experience the resurrection glory of Christ our lives changed, our lives healed, our lives empowered with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Let's worship in response to these truths. Thanks be to God.